Hey, everybody. Before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You can also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Right, welcome to a very special episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and figure out what movies inspired it. But today on the show, we're doing something a little bit different. We're actually going to be talking about a project that's one of my projects for my music. Um, this is a music video called Artificial. It was directed by Ben Yonker, and uh, it's a story that I wrote and uh, sent to him, and he really just brought the whole thing to life in an amazing way and today I'm actually sitting down and interviewing him so we could talk about the uh, process of uh, bringing this story to life and uh, you know all the things he went through making it happen and then getting into some puzzle pieces that I came up with for it so that way we could kind of tie it into the usual theme of the show but uh, Artificial is a music video that I'm just so, so proud of. It's a song from my third album, Head Like Fire, which actually came out back in 2016, but this video didn't come out until this year. Um, it's something that was worked on towards the end of 2017 and finished uh, in January, and then it's just been on the festival circuit ever since, and we just put it out a couple months ago. So uh, you may have seen it before from uh, the link in my show notes. If you haven't, uh, definitely check the show notes for this episode and you'll see a link to go uh, check it out on YouTube. And then I hope you stick around and listen to this interview because it is a great talk. And uh, again, it's just something I'm so proud of and I'm glad to be able to do this to uh, shed a little light on the making of it. Alright, so today on the show we're doing something a little bit different, something we haven't really done before. Um, so this year, 2018, has been uh, you know, a really cool year, a lot of, a lot of ways for me and uh, my various projects and all that. And honestly, my two favorite things I've done this year are this podcast that you guys are all listening to and this music video that I put out called Artificial. And uh, Artificial has been really successful for me. It's been out there, played a whole bunch of film festivals, won some awards. We'll get into all that as we get into this conversation. Um, but what we're doing today is we're going to actually talk to the director of Artificial, the guy who I worked with, who brought this thing to life. Uh, his name is Ben Yonker. And Ben, I'm happy to have you here. How you doing, man? Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. My first time on a podcast, actually. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I I hope to make it as as painless as possible for you. <laughs> well, this is like this is a super nice studio you have here. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely I mean, it's cozy. I wasn't yeah. expecting. Uh huh. You know the the brownies. So yeah. thank you. 
Yeah, well, I, I try to make my guests feel as comfortable as possible, you know. And uh, <laughs> well, uh, so I wanted, as we get into this thing, the first thing I wanted to do, of course, is uh, for for the people that are listening, if you could just kind of give like a quick little background about what it is that you do, um, and then we will get into talking about artificial. Yeah, well. Uh, that's a very good question. I would, I guess I would consider myself, I hate to use the term. I seriously hate to use the term filmmaker, but I think that's probably a pretty good, uh, description for what I do. Um, I kind of got my start, my start in, uh, photography. And, uh, after that I, uh, went into skydiving and started doing, um, you know, doing the helmet cam thing. And that kind of got me into the whole, uh, video production world. And, um, after college, I went to work for the cable company for a couple of years, did a ton of commercials for them. Then I went into post-production for uh, five, six years or so. And, um, and then after that, I kind of, is when the, when the, uh, 48 hour film project sort of, uh, jumped out at me, somebody asked me to, to edit their 48 hour film project, which I had never heard of before. And, um, so that was my first exposure to that. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, it was a crappy film, man. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was so bad. I, I don't even remember what it was about. In fact, at the time, I couldn't tell you what it was about. That's how bad it was. It was just this really, <laughs> this really. They can be hit or miss. Obscure. Yeah, it was. It was a miss. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I met some good people on that, and and I kind of decided the next year I was going to try to head up my own team, and make something that we all thought was good, and and it took it it took about two years to do that. I think it was uh, 2010. Um, where I did my first one that I was actually really happy with. In fact, it's one of my favorite projects that I've done uh, to date. Nice. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. My brother wrote it, and I shot and directed it and edited it. Um, we had a really small team of people. So, um, And I've done the 48 every year since then, um, except for this past year. I just kind of felt like I needed a break from that. It's sure. you know, it's one of those things that it's a lot of fun. You've done a bunch, so you know. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun, but it's it's super stressful and this year I just kind of needed a break. So I took a year <laughs> off of it. Yeah. I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you that one year, uh, one of the years that we worked on one together, uh, I actually did three in one year, one for your city, one for Las Vegas and one for LA. Um, and it was yeah, absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and what kind of time frame did you do that in? Uh, well, usually whoever I'm working with gets me the film, you know, like you, like that last morning. Um, so rather than 48, it's more like, I don't know, six or seven or right. eight, something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I meant like, I meant like, what was the time frame that for all three oh, of them? Were they all two, two of them the were, same month or? Yeah. Two of them were back to back weekends. Uh, yeah. and then the other one was like a few weeks later. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's relentless. That's for sure. Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you think of it being like one weekend a year, that's, I mean, that's still a lot, but if you're doing back to backs, that's a, that's a whole different story. So. Oh yeah. And so we, we have worked on three of these things uh, together. Is that right? Am I? I was trying to think of that too. And see, I think, um, well, you're not counting the hoarder. You're talking about just 48, right? Right. Yeah. We, we worked the, on the a uh, regular short kind of, film. Yeah. So that was the first thing we collaborated on. And then, um, and I think that's actually where, I mean, the hoarder was the first time I'd actually ever worked with somebody who had, you know, written original music before. So Mm -hmm. since we met up doing that, then I figured, Hey, next time I do a 48, I'm going to have David, you know, compose for me. (laughs) So, (laughs) and I mean, that was amazing because I mean, I'm I'm sure, you know, the way that I look at it is um, when you're doing a film, it's like, it's like 10% editing and 90% searching for music. 
So, <laughs> you know, having having somebody do that part is awesome. Yeah, I, so. I can I can imagine. I can imagine the the hunt for uh, for uh, stock music that you probably can't even use anyway. Um, yeah, <laughs> must, must I mean, you be, have you have your yeah. ideal track in mind, something that you know of, and then it's just searching for something like that. You just get your mind gets stuck in this in this certain. I don't know. It's just a certain direction. It's like, I've got to have this sound and you just search and search and search for that sound. And it hardly ever comes up. So having somebody else, you know, write the music and then you, and you listen to that yeah. while you're watching your film back and you're like, wow, that's, that's really cool. I never even would have thought to use something like that. So that's sweet. Yeah. Just try to imagine what it'd be like to be Steven Spielberg and have John Williams score come back. You right. know? <laughs> I, uh, w- not that, one, not that you director. or I are either of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, what one director called me his Trent Reznor and I was like, Hey, yeah. I don't, I don't know about all that, buddy, but uh, I'm, that would be awesome too. And <laughs> I mean, I think actually I might prefer that, but <laughs> don't tell John Williams I said that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, the hoarder was a great experience for me and uh, still one of my favorite projects. I, I love that film. And then, uh, yeah, me too. I, you know, I was and actually it has a cameo in artificial. Yeah, it does actually, which is, uh, which is really cool. A nice Easter egg for our, right. our little extended universe that we're working on here. Um, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So then we ended up working on these three back-to-back 48 hour films. And then, uh, you know, I, I do tend to work with some of the filmmakers whose films I scored end up working with me on music videos and, Artificial is an idea that I had uh, floating around. It, it was something that uh, I, I came up with while I was making the music. I, I think I actually had the idea first, and then I made the music to go with the idea. And I had no idea okay. if I'd ever be able to get it made in any way, shape, or form. But uh, you know, I have always loved your work, and I, I think you you know you really like do beautiful work, like the what's happening oh, thanks, on screen man. is just it's so well done and uh so i always had hoped that maybe we'd get to work on a music video together <laughs> yeah. and uh what was your initial reaction when i you know asked you to do a music video for me and then showed you that idea and what you thought of the idea oh to answer your first question when you asked me to do a music video i was like well hell yes i mean those <laughs> are those are actually my favorite kinds of projects to do because you don't have to think about the audio at all. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, not just the music. You don't have to think about the audio at all. Sure. It's there. Um, so it usually lends itself to being the most creative that you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and and because you can do more obscure things, you don't have to necessarily follow a, a narrative, although we did with this one, um, but you don't have to. Sure. Um, I knew it was going to be completely a narrative because I knew you didn't have vocals with it. So it wasn't like you were going to be on there performing or, or singing right. something yeah. <laughs> that might've been entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a lot but, of me on um, stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then when you told me your idea, I remember thinking, well, this is cool. And, and um, you know, I'm, I think I'm, I'm more of a cinematographer than a director. So I was, I was, thinking of it more from the visual standpoint than from the storyline standpoint, you seem to have um, the story in your head mm-hmm. um, of what you wanted to do. So I was just kind of trying to think of some, some visuals that could go along with that. And, and, you know, honestly, I know it, it has been, I mean, it's been over a year, hasn't it? Since we actually started that project. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't remember what the process was. I remember you floating your idea and then I came up with some kind of a treatment and mm-hmm. And then we went back and forth a little bit. And I know, you know, there was a, originally we started off, this was going to be in somebody's garage and, you know, we started off looking for that. And I mean, I, I feel like we spent so much time just looking for 
locations for this project, you know? But, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the locations that you ended up finding, I mean, not to jump around too much, but, um, you know, I, I've been to uh, a few film festival screenings of this and I, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, will do the Q and A's after, after the screenings. And the question I've gotten multiple times is how did you guys film in a uh, movie theater? And That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I always have to tell them uh, that is actually. I wish Ben was here to talk about it, but that is actually uh, something he just made. Like to, to tell the people listening about that whole. Yeah, that's actually process. that's actually a really great compliment. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad that people wonder about that movie theater. So, um, we actually tried to shoot in a movie theater, or I mean, we, I wouldn't. I shouldn't say we tried. I wanted to shoot in an actual movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the theaters that I went to check out before I even asked permission were, I just, they just weren't going to work, um, you know, physically for what I had for the shot that I had in my head, because I wanted to have a couple sitting there in the theater. I wanted to see rows of, of seats behind them. And it's hard to find that anymore. You know, everything's stadium seating now. So all sure. you're going to see, all you're going to see is the, is the seats that are immediately behind them. You're not going to see all those rows unless right. you're shooting up their noses, you know, which I didn't want to do that. And then, and then even if you did do that, um, I want, I also wanted to have that projector behind them and see that, you know, the flickering light of the projector and the beam, you know, going over their heads and, you know, the, the projectors in most stadium seating theaters are so high that you're just never going to see that anyway. Right. So I never even bothered, um, you know, not finding the ideal location. I never even bothered to ask. So I found what I ended up finding was, um, was a small theater that they use for, for stage plays, uh, a couple towns over. And they didn't even have a projector or a screen. It was just literally just a stage, you know, a slightly elevated stage mm-hmm. and, you know, standard, standard seating that just kind of, you know, rises slightly as it goes back, just kind of an old school theater. Right. And I set up, I set up a light in the back and put a flicker box on it. So it would flicker like a projector. I think maybe we, we threw a blue filter on there or something just to kind of give it some, some color. Mm-hmm. Um, the place had wall sconces built in. So it could, that kind of, I don't even remember if we see that in here actually, if we can see those wall sconces, but it had some. And then we just put a big um, piece of white uh, bounce material right up in front of them and pointed that pointed that light at that, so it kind of reflected back into their faces and hazed the place up. And you know, there you go, <laughs> that's it. <It's> so perfect. <laughs> While we're uh, talking about like the uh, the creative aspect of it. Um, Sackboy is our main uh, main character, <laughs> our hero of sorts in the story, um, yeah. and uh, that that's the name that we've come to call him, even though he doesn't quite have a name. Uh, if you want to talk a little bit about uh, about the creation of of him, I mean, we we kind of went back and forth on uh, you know what we each thought he should look like, and um, you know, once you sent the first picture, I was like, oh, there he is, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was what he should look like. It was even what what we should call him in the script. I think we had we had a bunch of different names, but mm-hmm. yeah, we settled on Sackboy. Um, I honestly can't remember a lot of the, the stages that led up to what it was, but um, I just ended up finding this dummy on Amazon, I think, and it was just like a. And how do I describe it? It's just like a. It was basically just like a white pillow kind of material, you know, stuffed. And you know it's a person figure, and it's almost as big as I mean, it's almost as big as I am. It's a it's a full size doll, right? <laughs> the problem, the big challenge with it is that it didn't have any you know bone structure or anything, so it was just it was pretty impossible to try to pose it. Right. So it just wanted to it just wanted to flop over. So I just 
you know, I got that thing and I, I dressed it up in some clothes of my own. And, um, nice. Outfit, and then Danny, the what's that? <laughs> nice outfit. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks man. <laughs> it's actually one of my favorite outfits when I used to wear it. I think nice. it's still on Sackboy. <laughs> I haven't worn it since then. Um, but, um, Danny, who is the main actress in this, uh, she came over and, and uh, I figured, well, why not help, why not have her help me design the thing? Because you know, maybe then she'll kind of, you know, feel some, she's not going to feel an emotional connection to it, but you know what I mean? If she, her character was supposed to create it to begin with, if she actually helps create it, maybe that'll lend some authenticity to the, to the video. Sure. That's, that's so, really smart. Yeah. So, well, thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she came over, I grabbed a bunch of stuff from like a, um, like an arts and crafts store, you know, we got a, these, all these little metal trinkets and things and, you know, his nose is a key and, uh, his eyes are just these little metal wheels and we did some painting and gluing and, and, um, of course the other challenge was how to make this thing change facial expressions because it was going to, it was going to be experiencing some emotions itself, um, throughout the story. So, um, I think we pretty much just determined that the only way to really control that was through its mouth and its eyebrows. Right. There's nothing else. We, we weren't going to make its actual face change shape or anything, but it's it's funny when you start to do that when you realize how much how much emotion is conveyed by the mouth and the eyebrows, mm-hmm. <laughs> even just, yeah, just, especially the eyebrows. You know, it, it's so shocking. They were, uh, yeah. it's really wild. It is. So these eyebrows are basically just compass needles. I don't should I? Uh, I don't. I don't know if we're going to just assume that um, people have seen this at this point, or are you going to have a link to it? Yeah, I'll definitely have a link to it in the uh, show notes for people to watch. Yeah. Okay. So, so those eyebrows are just basically compass needles and they're, they're, you know, they swivel in the center and then you can just kind of angle them up or, or angle them down in the middle. So they look angry and, and, you know, they can either look sad or emotionless or angry. And, um, and we tried to, we tried to kind of curve up the corners of the mouth here and there. Um, the mouth didn't work out as well. I think that's the one thing I would have done differently if I had the chance to go back and do it again. But mm-hmm. I think by the time we got to this stage, we were just like, we just need something <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> that works. And we just, we've got to get shooting and this project's never going to happen. <laughs> so, um, the one cool idea that Danny had, um, besides doing all the painting and stuff herself was the hair. So I had gotten a bunch of yarn that I was going to um, glue onto its head. And it was just kind of, it was different colored. It almost had some, some browns and just like, it was just different multicolored yarn, you know? And I was just going to attach it to the head. And I thought, this just doesn't look right to me. And we got to try to make a hairstyle. And I just, I don't know if this is going to come through. And and what would, you know, she's supposed to be a metal worker. So, well, she goes, why don't we just use steel wool? I'm like, that's freaking genius. (laughs) Yeah. So I just, you know, we just glued a bunch of steel wool on his head and then spray painted it brown. So it's, you know, I don't even know if anybody will ever notice that or if it even comes through at all but it's i just think it's cool he's got metal hair too <laughs> that's know? great i did not know that so, so that I'm, i yeah. love that i love that i now yeah. know that <laughs> yeah and it's and that was her idea so i mean everybody who was everybody who was a part of this I've, I've worked with before um and and they're just they're all great because they all kind of bring their own things to the project and they care about it and they're they're not just kind of well, they're not coming in to get paid, that's for sure, because we didn't pay anybody. But <laughs> they're not just coming in to do it and leave. You know, they they care about contributing somewhere, and they always they always contribute something. So awesome people. That's to work awesome. With. Yeah, every everybody that's in it, everybody, all these people that you you brought together, they did such an awesome job. And and I know I recognize some of the names from previous uh, forty eight hour films that we've worked on together. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of which, I think we did four of those, if you don't mind going back real quick. So oh, sure. we just go through the list just to verify, because I know Absolutely. I know the first one we did was Dig, 
Yes. Right? Yep. And we did second chances. Uh-huh. Did we do so I'm gonna skip one. We did Love Mom, right? Last year? Love Mom was last year, yes. Yeah, okay. Now the year before that, I don't even have this one. I'd I'd sort of erased this one from everything because because we had well, I shouldn't talk about it that much, but we had we had sort of an actor's coup. <laughs> <laughs> because of our script, but do you do you remember Happy Effing National Tomato Day? I I actually completely forgot about that. But you did do it, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, but right. Because I knew you, I did, don't you did some radio what stuff. I you did. did. Yeah, I don't you did some radio what voices, like DJ voices and stuff, and yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot. <laughs> it all was about such. That. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad one. I'm just. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's gone, well, but we did do it. So hey, th- three out of four ain't bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, sorry. No, that's totally okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, you know, I I think um, it would be a good time right now to to talk a little bit about this. Wouldn't be piecing it together if we didn't talk about uh, influences and puzzle pieces. And I sure. prepared a few. Obviously, um, this is a concept that I came up with and uh, and then you fleshed out and then brought to life and everything. Um, I'm not sure if you have some puzzle pieces. We could just very briefly go over some of these. But uh, a few things that came to my mind while thinking back on the, the process of, of imagining this thing. Um, uh, the first ones that came to mind were Lars and the Real Girl. Um, mm-hmm. and, and her were the first two that came to mind, uh, w- Lars and the real girl being the, uh, the movie where Ryan Gosling falls in love with a love doll. Um, right. <laughs> and her being the movie where, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, falls in love with his operating system, his computer right. operating system. <laughs> uh, both movies where, uh, a character, um, their love interest is, is something, uh, not human. And, um, both dark comedies uh, with, mm-hmm. with you know some quirkiness to it and all that. But what what do you think of those as puzzle pieces for this project? So I've I have seen her, but I've not seen Lars and the Real Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing the trailer, and I watched it just the other day. And um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I I think they're they're similar, obviously, in the fact that what you just said, you know, they're not they're not human. Um, the the difference, of course, with this one with artificial is that she actually made this thing. Mm-hmm. So, well, we think she. I mean, I guess that's the other question, right? Did she make it, or does he? Did she make it in her head, and the thing doesn't really exist, right? Right, right. I, I so, have actually had people ask me that at, at festivals yeah. as well. Um, because I with always... Lars and and with well, I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember with her if he kind of kept that whole thing to himself. People around him. Yeah, were really her gets aware, really right? weird towards the end too. Um, so it's kind of you yeah. know definitely it goes in a direction where it could be interpreted multiple ways. At least what ends up happening in the long run. Uh, I do think other but people we see her know dark side, it, or she's basically she's basically getting around on the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, no. The, the, this I I always did when I first uh, wrote it. Uh, I, I imagined it was something that this person made. She made herself the perfect companion. And right. okay. ends up breaking its heart anyway, even though it's her own creation. Um, and uh, but I, I, you know, I do like my favorite kind of movies are ones that are open to interpretation. And I do think that right. the finished product definitely leaves a little bit of uh, up to the viewer, which I think is great. You know, for sure. I mean, if I think if somebody was to ask me even what happens to him at the end, I wouldn't know what to say either. 
Yeah. I mean, I would just say, well, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's always right fun answer. to do as a director is to sit there and say, well, what do you think? <laughs> and they, have, they don't get their answer. They just have to wonder about it. I love it. I love but, it. Yeah. Uh, two other puzzle pieces I had written down were uh, The Beaver with uh, Mel Gibson yeah. and Jodie Foster and uh, Ex Machina, um, where, you know, with the AI creation yeah. and what, how human is it and of course that's a much heavier theme than we're getting into here with uh with artificial um but again these are uh stories of characters interacting with non-human uh, uh creations and um you know the outcome of, of that those relationships and so yeah. i just think it's an i think it's an interesting area to explore and i just think that what we did here with artificial is just like a different uh, a different area within that same uh, kind of a theme. For sure. And what I like about it is that it shows her conflict as well, because mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like she's aware or she becomes aware um, that, Hey, you know, there are actual people out there. Um, maybe somebody, maybe there is somebody for me and maybe somebody can make me happy and I don't need this. Um, and mm -hmm. then when she, when she discovers that she's actually wrong about that or that she just chose the wrong person, you know, right. to, to yeah. teach her that she's wrong about that, um, she goes back to him and then, and then, and then what happened while she was gone? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, actually that's another thing I, I did want to bring up. I know we, when we were first like in the planning stages, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, we don't want her to be portrayed too negatively. And I think you nailed right. that balance so well um, in, in the way it plays because, you know, she she does wrong, but at the same time, she she recognizes it and, and she she's upset about it. And uh, but at the same time, she's not like she's certainly not a bad person in any way. It's just right. um, it's a confusion. I mean, I think anybody who you know, falls in love with their doll that they created is going to, uh, maybe emotionally, you know, <laughs> there's a little bit, uh, to explore there for them. Um, right. but <laughs> to put it lightly, um, right. but, uh, yeah, no, I just love the way that that's handled and balanced and, um, where it, again, back to the whole open to interpretation thing. It's like, you know, what, where do you see her on the scale of, uh, uh, victim to villain, almost like you know, in between that range, you know. Are you are you asking me, or are you just asking the audience? I am asking the audience. Although, if you'd like to, uh, yeah, like to chime in. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I I saw her more as a victim personally. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I think I think we're, I mean, we we sort of go back and forth in the story a little bit. Um, yeah. Between empathizing with her and empathizing with him, so mm -hmm. in a way, they're both victims. Yeah. Um. But, uh, aren't we all, you know, it's, it's interesting when you're <laughs> right. <laughs> it's interesting when you think about the, you know, the, the existence versus non-existence and the, is he real versus not real or is he alive or not that we threw enough things in there to make it super confusing, which is, you know, he, with the, with the exception of one occasion, which happens to be in the movie theater, um, he always moves off camera. So we never see yes. We never see him actually move. We just sort of, you know, we cut away and we come back and he's different. Um, and in that movie theater, I love how we put that one move in there where he's just, she's reading the note with the phone number on it. And then he's kind of, he's glaring at her. And then she I literally got and, chills when I saw that the first time. I was like, that is the best thing ever. Uh, I just, yeah, I love it so much. And, you know, and then she looks back at the screen and then he's still glaring and then he just 
slowly turns back to the yeah. screen too. <laughs> yeah. It's cool too because she doesn't see it. So there's still the question right. about whether or not it's happening. Yeah. You know, it's like right. we're just seeing it. <laughs> yeah. That's so yeah. Great. So we don't know. Is this like is this a very active imagination on her part? Or yeah. um yeah. We just don't know. <laughs> so it's well, fun. do you have any uh puzzle pieces you want to add to that list? I do. Um, but they're not from they're not my own. Um okay. because so, you know, except for when it comes to, you know, certain shots that I want to, you know, steal <laughs> or copy that, I, you know, things that I like that I want to try to mimic. Um, I actually try not to, to go in with, you know, I try to intentionally um, steer away from anything that I might be influenced by because, you know, well, while everybody copies, we, we like to try not to, we like to try to be original. Sure. So, um, so I actually didn't have anything in mind. But the one thing that I thought of that it was, it's funny that you didn't mention this, um, for inspiration for you was Castaway. Oh, that's a really good one. Absolutely. Good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's a, that's that to me, that's actually more similar than, than any of the ones that you mentioned, because it's, you know, it's an inanimate object that he's given a personality and becomes emotionally attached to and is devastated when it leaves him. And, you know, yeah, no, that's, that, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And you know what? As long as we're as long as we're at it, I hadn't thought of this until right now when you said castaway, uh Swiss Army Man. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh my god, I love Swiss Army Man so much. I'm, I mean I'm so much more poorly versed in in, in my movies than you are. <laughs> please please see Swiss Army Man soon so we can talk <laughs> right. about it uh on Messenger. Right. <laughs> I feel like somebody yeah. else mentioned that recently too, unless it was you. It might have been. I talk yeah. about it a lot. It was my favorite movie of 2016. So. All right. <laughs> Which actually was when I came up with this concept. So I guess maybe it was on my mind at the time, and I didn't even okay. realize it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, with, with that said, I think those are great puzzle pieces. Um, so we finally released this thing in October. We had been uh, sitting on it for quite a while. I think you finished it in January or February or something. Um, that was way back early this year. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we were waiting while it, um, you know, we got film festival notifications doing that whole film festival thing. Uh, it did really well. 12 festivals overall, won six awards, um, was nominated to, for a few others. Um, and I mean, you know, personally, it's just something that I love. I, I was wondering if you had gotten any, um, any, you know, interesting feedback like, along the way, either from uh, people who watched it or people who were involved with it, with, you know, feedback on the finished thing and just overall, like, uh, you know, how you, how you felt with the, uh, the reaction from people once they finally got to see this thing. You know, it's funny, almost all of the reaction that, um, that this has gotten has come, has come to me anyway, through you. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just, I've, I've sort of considered this to be more your project. So mm -hmm. I just kind of let you run with it. and. Um, you know, watched your excitement and lived vicariously through you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, I mean, obviously I've showed people and everybody that I've shown, um, has, has really loved it and has had sort of similar questions to the ones that you asked. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the people that I do things with happen to be filmmakers as well. So there were a lot of, you know, the technical things, how'd you do this and how'd you do that? And where'd you find that location? And how'd you make this work? And, you know, all that kind of thing. So sure. those are more of the, the kinds of questions that I got. Um, I did submit it to the uh, Tully Awards for cinematography, and we won the uh, gold Tully for that, Amazing. which was awesome because this was the first year that they even offered gold. It had always been bronze and silver, 
Oh wow. Um, and I don't yeah, I don't think that I don't think that gold necessarily means that we did any better than previous. I think that just, that gold just sort of took over silver. And I think they did that probably because, you know, people they award those things to have to then go tell people, hey, we just got the silver. And then they have to explain that that's actually the top award. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, they made the gold so they wouldn't have to do that explanation, I'm guessing. So, anyway, well, you absolutely, like you absolutely it. deserved it, man. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> you. Awesome. Appreciate that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah no, I mean, it, 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 it was so much really fun. Well. It did really I mean, well. I actually, I, I think I would, I would say that I put more into this than just about any project that I've done before. You know, I mean, not just time-wise, but, you know, financially and different roles that I played. You know, we, we bought a whole bunch of props, and we, I mean, we designed that entire apartment-slash-workshop set yeah. from scratch. I mean, that was, yeah, I rem- that was I literally remember an empty for, room. Yeah, for months leading up to shooting, I remember you telling me you were just, like, gathering things. Like, yeah. you know, just all kinds yeah. of stuff. Boxes from Amazon showing up and, you know, <laughs> bookshelves and textiles and lamps and... You know, I mean, that's that's another whole part of this project is trying to create her character and support her character with all these little metal trinkets and things that, you know, that a welder would have would have designed, you know. Sure. Just kind of things that were laying around in the foreground for the for the camera to move past. You know, (laughs) I don't even know who who notices that stuff, but, you know, it's fun for me to sit there and see it. And of course, then they're then they're sitting around the house, too. So I've got I've got all these little souvenirs. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I must imagine that you you have all this stuff everywhere Wait, where's sack boy uh what, what's he up to sack boy is still in a locker in my garage <laughs> oh poor guy wait a minute spoiler alert does that mean that he didn't uh he didn't leave he's still there well uh, he might be back we don't know <laughs> oh, okay right? All right, that's cool. <laughs> well, I'm if, not sure if, if he's wearing ever, any pants. <laughs> if you ever decide to get rid of him, I have a home for him. So you know, right. just, he'll always have a home. Um, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one last question before we get to the end here. Um, as far as just overall, uh, you know, how do you feel about everything? Are there things that you would change, or are you just overall just are you happy with how this thing came together? Um, overall, I'm happy with it. Yeah, I would, I would have changed a couple things like the, uh, the opening train shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty decent, but I would have, I would have tried a little harder to find, um, uh, maybe a better location. And I mean, it, it took me, we were in a hurry to finish this thing and I, I spent a couple of nights just looking for a spot. And then, you know, of course I don't, I don't study train schedules. I don't know how to study train schedules. <laughs> so I just kind of went down when I thought I found a good spot and just kind of listened and waited for something. And then started rolling when a train was coming by, you know, I would like to have a different train <laughs> shot. Um, yeah, other than that, I can't, I can't think of anything that I would have done a lot differently with this. We, I mean, it was, it's one of those things where, you know, you have all these challenges and you want to try to find the perfect thing, like the phone booth, for example. Do you remember that story? Uh, I do not remember that story. All right. Can you try to think of, try to think of a phone booth? Can you picture one? Would you know where to go to find one if you had to? Where to go to find one? Absolutely not. I think I've seen yeah. maybe two this decade. Like, yeah, man. These things just do not exist anymore outside of a museum or something. I mean, I did a, a Facebook shout out. Anybody know where there's a phone booth? Nobody knew. Somebody, you know, somebody thought they saw one in a restaurant, but this had to be a place where, you know, Sackboy could be sitting in the car watching yeah. her having a phone conversation. So we ended up um, taking a bus shelter, which just has the glass walls like a phone booth would. And then I got a um, a payphone handset on eBay, and then 
you know, that's just the just the handset part and the cable, the metal cable coming out of it. And we took a toolbox that could, you know, kind of play the the big payphone thing itself. <laughs> we just sort of taped it one to the other. And I had a guy holding that up in the in the bus stop, in the bus shelter. And she just went over there and <laughs> took it out of his hand and, you know, started talking on the phone. So that means That's amazing. <laughs> but that kind of stuff, it's, you know, it's fun to create stuff like that in hindsight. It's like, it's frustrating at the time because you just want to find the legitimate thing. Um, but then you, you work around these challenges and it forces you to be creative. And, and then that helps you, you know, when you have these kinds of challenges in the future, it helps you come up with creative solutions. So I really enjoy you know that what? aspect of it. That actually made me think of one, one other question I want to ask you. Um, yeah. To me, the the killer shot of this whole thing was a last minute addition, and that is the teardrop from uh, oh, Sackboy. Yes. <laughs> uh, if yes. you want to talk for a minute about how that came together, because that was after the rest of everything was shot, and it was just something you ended up doing last minute. Yeah. So if I remember right, I was I was shooting the locker stuff, um, you know, the stuff that happens while she's gone um, mm-hmm. to meet with the guy, and it's the light, you know, the light and the locker shaking and whatever's happening in there. That I was shooting that stuff, and I thought. Well, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, we don't really know why this is happening, but maybe if we show some, some more emotion on his part. So what if we had a teardrop? <laughs> so I just <laughs> thought, well, I've got all these little metal pieces that we haven't used um, sitting downstairs. So I grabbed one of those and I thought, well, all right, I, I think I tried actually holding it above his head and dropping it, but, it, you know, it went way too fast. So I ended up suspending it from, um, from a piece of fishing line and just kind of, you know, lowering it. I mean, I had to do probably 50, 60 takes to you know, to get some kind of emotion that I thought was legitimate looking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then, I, and then just, I just erased part of the fishing line and post, but only the part that went, you know, from above his hot, above his eye to my hand, I kind of kept it. If I remember right, didn't I keep it in there? You can see the fishing line, right? Yeah. You could see it coming from the you, eye. Which right. Yeah. So it looks it like it's actually coming real. from the eye. Yeah. Yeah. It actually, <laughs> but it's still it suspended because he's a sack. Yeah. Like yeah. it's perfect. It's, it's yeah. so cool. <laughs> Yeah, that was a fun one too. Yeah, every every time I've seen it, like seriously, I I think every time I've seen it with an audience, there are au- like audible ahs like from, <laughs> from the theater, and I'm like, yes. that's so great. I mean, that's that that's that kind of stuff that I that I miss because I didn't get to see this. I never got to see this in a theater with an audience. Ah. So, and that's well, I, you know, I, that's I, one of the things about the 48 that's that's so awesome. You know, getting to hear all those reactions and know what moves people and how what you know, how things affect people. I mean, that's the most rewarding part of, of filmmaking. And oh, yeah, man. I never got, I never got to see any of that or Damn, experience any of that live with this one. So it's too well, bad. Maybe, maybe we'll <laughs> still get a chance. I, I still have three more film festival notifications I'm waiting on. So maybe we'll get another one. Right. Maybe <laughs> stars will have to travel. You'll get to go. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. get you to travel or something, but right. Uh, <laughs> right on. Well, uh, I, you know, we'll close this thing up. Uh, are you working on anything now? And then also if you could tell people how to find you and your company and, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I would say just, um, Instagram is probably the best way to go. I hate Facebook these days. So, um, (laughs) my my Instagram is just ben.yonker. Um, my website is out of time.com. Um, and, uh, so I just wrapped up a couple different music videos. One that we shot for an amazing female artist in LA, just kind of waiting for that to waiting for her to release that track so we can, uh, let that video go. And, um, then I just did a, uh, a short film last weekend, and I was actually just a cam op on that one, uh, working for a different DP who I've wanted to work with for a long time. And that was, um, you know, about a kid set in the 80s, so you get to do a little period piece that's 
you know, feels like nice, like Stranger Things or these other things that are, you know, popular right now. So that was a lot of fun to do. Um, and then, uh, nothing, nothing really coming up yet. I've got an opportunity to, to shoot on 16 millimeter film, which I've never done before. And, um, but I don't have the project yet. So I'm just kind of waiting for the right thing to come along and where I, you know, where I feel like I'd like to shoot that on film. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, yeah, once that, once that comes along, we'll be, we'll be going for it. So I'm excited about that for sure. Oh, that, that will be a beautiful thing to see you and film. Well, maybe it will be. We'll see. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, I I think so. I think so. Well, uh, right on Ben. This was great. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And I know I've told you before, but thank you so much for directing this film for me. It's amazing. (laughs) Thanks for asking me to do it. Oh, absolutely. Everybody listening, make sure to go check out Ben and there'll be links and everything in the show notes. And, uh, Ben, uh, I hope we get to work together again sometime soon. I was going to say exactly the same thing. So thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ben Yonker. Uh, If you somehow listen to this and haven't checked out Artificial yet, make sure you go check it out. It's on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash music by David Rosen. Or you could just check in the show notes. There's a link directly to the video. So please go check it out. And if you like it, share it, leave some comments. We do want to hear how you enjoyed Artificial. And also, I hope that you go check out some of Ben Yonker's other work. Uh, He's an incredibly talented guy. And uh, Again, I'm just so happy how this thing came out, and thank you to Ben Yonker both for making it and for doing this uh, little interview here. I think it was a really fun time. So uh, with that said, as usual, uh, make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together. You can subscribe on pretty much any podcast app out there. You could also rate and review us on iTunes. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod, and you can join our Facebook group, Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group. And uh, I guess that's it for today. We're going to be back with another full episode of Piecing It Together this coming Friday. And we have a whole bunch more episodes coming up. We're going to close up uh, December, close up the end of 2018 really big with a whole lot more Piecing It Together. And then next year, more Piecing It Together and more music by David Rosen. Um, My most recent album was A Different Kind of Dream. And I have more albums coming. Uh, I'll talk about that in the future when I do my little end of the show spiels where I just talk about all the other stuff I'm up to. So I uh, won't we'll bring it all up today. We, we've talked about my music enough today. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to leave you actually with the extended video version of Artificial. So here it is. Enjoy.
and all points west. 